All right, we are back with episode two of the pilot episode of Jupiter Radio. Um, we're going to be having conversations about the subject of coming out of the closet, whether whatever part of the spectrum you are of the LGBT world. And I know that there is so many stories that a lot of the the listeners and speakers have to talk about and stuff like that. So I just want to let you guys in on the world of spaces and where we kind of connect with each other through these conversations. And they're so powerful. And um, yeah, just take a little gander into our world. Uh, we have a couple of speakers right now uh, that are going to be talking. Um, uh, guys, when you do speak to the the podcast, introduce yourselves, even if you already introduced yourself before, because this is another segment of part of the episode of Into the Wardrobe, which is our very first season of Jupiter Radio, and I'm glad that you guys are tuning in. So whoever's ready to speak, go ahead. I'm going to bring up Sam. Uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I am Sam. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I uh, am 26 years old. I've been out of the closet for a long time. Long story short, shit was rough, but you know, hey, we're here. Things are good. Things are bright and shining, and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> All right. I kind of want you to start off the the topic of, you know, like what we just regularly talk about. I know that, you know, before we actually started airing, uh, we were having a really good conversation. I'm kind of like, eh, that we didn't, that we weren't recording. But yeah, let's kind of dig deep into our coming out stories. I know that you kind of held on to your coming out story for a very long time. You haven't spoken about it. Why did it make you so nervous? Like, what is it that held you back from speaking about coming out? And then I want, I would like everybody in, everybody to get in and follow, follow through just one at a time. Okay. So I think one of the things that kind of affected me, not really thinking about it, I guess, but really even just revisiting it in general was that, <clears throat> like I had said before, was I was kind of put through uh, multiple therapists that were all like Christian kind of oriented. So they talked about God a lot. And it was very, very pushy. And I think honestly, it, it messed with my head, but not in the way you generally think. It, it did, I was already kind of straying from religion. I wasn't really into it. I never really fully got the grasp of it. But I think it messed up my view of therapy. So now as an adult man, 26 years old, living with a roommate, like paying my own bills, you know, job, you know, all that stuff. I realize now that there are a lot of things that I haven't dealt with that might have affected relationships, whether it's friends, boyfriends, family, brothers, sisters, whatever. And I realize I have a genuine fear of therapy now yep. where I almost can't even bring myself to go find a therapist, even though I know that they would do me a lot of good just because in my past it was used almost as a weapon. It didn't feel like it was, it was healing. Cause I, I do remember at one point in time when I was in middle school that I had a therapist who I actually genuinely liked. And he talked about how his brother is gay. And so he was very, you know, open and be like, Hey, let you, you talk about it. You kind of, tell me what you've experienced. And I remember the second time that we went there, um, my stepmother was asked to come in because my dad was at work and she was the one who drove me usually. But I remember him saying, like she made a comment about me thinking I'm gay and like how it's such a problem. He kind of, he kind of checked her and, but like, it was very polite. Like, Oh, well, you know, hang on. <laughs> this isn't about 
your perspective of it. This is about his perspective. And it kind of set her off. She really did kind of have a moment where she was, she felt disrespected. She felt like as a parent, and she really was, I mean, we had a rocky start, but she really is a mom to me, like nowadays, especially. But I think that she had a moment when she realized that she wasn't in control. Maybe she wasn't right all the time. Yeah. And so it, she, she took like took me out. We didn't finish the session. It was only my second session with this guy. We never went back to him. Like it started this huge like fight in my family. It, it was it was a mess, and I realized it was a mess because it was a therapist that they chose who told them they were wrong, mm-hmm. and then it was the first time they were told that they don't have all the answers. And I think that was the moment when I kind of realized, oh shit, this is like icky. Wow. That's that's absolutely wild. Um, I want you guys all to just to be comfortable. Just jump into the conversations as we're, we're doing now. Um, just talk. So, that's um, the real nitty gritty. Like once your parent or someone that takes care of you actually like figures out that, you know, their perception is not the actual real like reality. They kind of like take it like as wow, like I didn't even imagine this. Like it was out of their whole like mindset. So when actually someone actually brings a whole different perspective into their life, it just blows them away. And yeah, and at that point, you have one of two options. You have think about it hard and critically and change your viewpoint or completely disassociate with it and turn the other way and go harder. Right. And so I think that's where people kind of have that decision and some people don't handle it well. And then others handle it great. So. Sorry. Well, I will say, hi, guys. Welcome back to Jupiter Radio. I'm Static. Um, I'm from the Middle East. I'm from a country called Yemen. I was born there. And then I came here when I was younger to America, lived in New York. Now I live in New Jersey. Um, speaking about therapy with Sam, I have been in therapy since I was 19. I'm 23 now. And I think it, this is the first story I've ever heard of therapy being like a weapon and being attacked, which is like really, really interesting and traumatic. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned through therapy is that I, now in my adult life, is that I have really irrational abandonment issues to the point where I get anxious if somebody doesn't reply to a text in like 12 to 18 hours. Um, I can't really be in a real loving relationship because I don't know if I can really give my all to that person because the all that I gave to my own family, um, being from Yemen is not very accepting at all, was not reciprocated. And like dealing with that trauma and like, you know, having people that can really handle my baggage and be there for me is, it's a tough thing to ask for people to do. Um, and then balancing that along with like, you talk about like your adult life. Like I've always went to therapy and they said, treat yourself when you're healing and going through things like you are the younger self of the younger version of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting a tattoo of a self portrait of me when I was five because um, I always want to have his back because growing up, nobody had his back. Mm-hmm. And now I have his, like, I have all the opportunity to do what I want and be an adult and live my life. So I always want to have him on my back, like on my body with my name in Arabic. Um, being an adult, it's like you get stunted emotionally growing up gay. Cause you go through all this trauma that when you have to deal with bills and your future and being successful and dating and all this kind of stuff, 
it's like I'm still dealing with baggage that I had when I was like 12, when I was 11, when I was 13, but I never got to deal with it because I disassociated. Now it's hitting me because I'm actually on my own doing my thing. But now it's even harder because I have to balance being a real adult and not having the luxury of just like sitting there and processing it or going out all the time to just get your mind off of it. Like everything's at a cost. And I think that's the hardest, hardest part of being an adult or a queer adult um, that doesn't come from a very supportive system. I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, by the way, for everybody listening on Jupiter radio, uh, you guys can call me King Poppy. Um, I am 31 years old and growing up gay. Now that we're, you know, I'm, I just want to get into the parts where he was saying, you know, now that we're adults, you know, we focus on different things and we didn't really take the chance to work on our younger emotional baggage, right? <clears throat> now that we're, now that I'm older, the way that I see the world is completely different. And I always say that as you grow as a, as a person, you start to learn things and kind of cultivate this power that comes from you in learning from the things that you have gone through, obviously, right? Um, life is Life has become very hard when it comes to the emotional spectrum of things because when we're little, we're taught different things. And as we get older, we sort of rebel against those things because of the things that we learn or the things that we want to do, right? Obviously, uh, leading us to different choices that could potentially break us or, you know, also make us. Now, the hardest thing about being an, a, a gay adult, and I'm going to kind of retract from something that uh, Sam had said earlier within one of our other conversations um, is <laughs> just like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard in general because we have to pick up these pieces of your whole entire family once they kind of destroy you, right? They, 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 they put you down, they destroy you, they, they, they just make you feel so worthless, but at the same time, they want to bring you back and they want you to heal everything or, or somehow just magically make things different. And the only way that you should make things different is just working entirely on yourself. You know, my journey after my family put me down so many times, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, uh, Sam, what's up? I saw you wave. Sorry, that was a mistake. No, it's okay. Oh, okay. Um, so my my journey after my family sort of tore me down and sort of still is tearing me down was to succeed. And I felt like success is what was going to change the minds of everybody that had back-talked me or, or back-talked even my immediate family. When you succeed, when you thrive, when you climb that mountain that you think you cannot climb and you're up there, right? the world sees you different. You know, you start to begin to learn, learning how to say no. You start to pretty much discover this all-powerful side of you. And people are not going to like it. There's a lot of people that are going to look at you and be like, oh my God, you've done great. But there's more people that are going to be like, well, you're a piece of shit. 
you know, you you think you you got up there and and all of a sudden you're this, that, and the third, and and you're on almighty, you're on this almighty pedestal. But the thing is, is that they they don't know that 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 truth that you know. You know, they they haven't suffered as much as you have. And then out of love, out of the love that we're missing inside of us, we go back and we start picking up all these pieces that they broke for us, and we somehow try to mend it. And that kind of creates this this disconnect. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Sam, who wants to ask a question real quick. So, the way you said, like picking up the pieces, it, it makes a lot of sense that way because we really do feel broken at a point. But I think that the way that I've kind of thought about it is that it, it feels to me like that old game of jacks where you've got the bouncy ball and all the jacks and everything on the ground, and the objection is, or the object of the game is to throw the ball on the ground. And when it bounces high, you grab as many jacks as you can. But the problem is they're shaped weird. You know, they're different sizes. Some of them are pokey. And you really kind of, you miss pieces. You, there's yeah. there's not really a possible way to fully grasp everything at once. Mm-hmm. And you end up dropping things. And it really just, because when you start, it feels almost like a snowball where it's something, you remember something from your past. And it kind of is traumatizing. And you're like, oh, shit, that, that reminds me of this. But then it also it spirals you down a little bit because you end up getting into it and it really just doesn't, it, it's really hard. It's almost like an impossible game of pickup. And, and it will, and it will be impossible. You know, when, when we're going through this, through, when, we're, when we, when we are within this snowball, right. We have to somehow learn how to stop it all. Um, sometimes we don't know how see, I mean, I've been, I've been through specific journeys where even I, have no idea what I'm doing, you know, and I'm still fighting for it. I'm still going, but when I feel like the, the biggest thing in our lives is learning how to let go. Right. And letting go can mean so much. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to kick people out of your life, but sometimes it actually does. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stop doing something, but sometimes it actually does, you know, we all have different ways of letting go of things. And some of us are too traumatized to let go. But I feel like that's a, that's a power that you cultivate when things just seem like they're going okay. And granted, a lot of things for different people might not seem like they're going okay. You know, there, there are things that just seem impossible for people, you know, and, and it's only because we've been let down so much that we don't know when we're doing so good for ourselves, I feel like we forget to give ourselves the credit that we have succeeded so much, you know, but we have to remember, we don't have to go out there and clean up after everything that has happened in life. It has made us who we are as individuals. The best thing to do is just look forward to the future and be like, you know what, I'm going to use everything that happened to me or around me. And I'm just going to build myself a better future that doesn't involve yesterday and you just look forward to tomorrow you know because that is what it should be yeah go ahead sorry sorry um hi i'm christopher Um, hello chris or keeping up with chris welcome Um, to jupiter radio chris (laughs) um now i'm gonna kind of do a full circle thing um so coming out right um and i i think at least for us i'm 20 i'm 28 I'm 27. Um, people around my age will understand this. Um, coming out was hard. Um, I remember having a hard time with accepting myself. When 
and that's accepting myself, right? So when I came out and I feel like this is just goes overall, I dropped a bomb to my family. I dropped a bomb that changed everybody's life, not just mine. I changed my own life, but I changed everybody's life. Now, as our parents, and I think this is something that specifically back then, our parents were scared because gay came with a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. Gay came with a lot of baggage, a lot of things that they didn't understand, um, a lot of things that society put on on the, their thoughts. So it was it's hard for parents to understand this. And I think going back to kind of what Sam said, um, and, and just to go a little bit against what he said too, um, it's not that you you tested them. It's that you put fear in them because now you're telling them, hey, I'm gay. And all that baggage landed on their chest and scare. Some people, you know, you know that, that, that saying, some people are runners and some people fight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens. You, A, you fight and you, and you become a stronger person and you're there for your kids or for whatever. Or some people just hide. And it's easier to say, hey, God doesn't want you to do this or this is not what you're supposed to do because that's easier. They're getting their power from hiding behind something else. So yeah. we need to think about, and, and it goes back to the idea of why as gay people we're the fixers. We've gone through so much. We've, we've dealt with things. We've matured faster than anybody yeah. else because we've had to learn to love ourselves when no one else loved us yeah. that we become that person for the family. That that's very true. Like if no one loved us for the real us, like it's what they it's what they painted the idea of the. It's almost infatuation. It's like they're almost infatuated with what they wanted us to be, but they're so disappointed that we were nowhere close to that. And sometimes it's only the difference is just being gay. Like everything else could be spot on, but that one blemish. And I I wouldn't say disappointed. I think it's they they see that we've done stuff that they could probably never do. I mean, we're dealing with with the whole world turning their backs on us and if you notice you know gay people are usually very successful and try 10 times harder than anybody else because they have something to prove and that's what scares a lot of people you know not only don't they have maybe the knowledge but they they see that nothing will break us and i mean for a good amount of us i i that's another thing that's a perfect intersection especially between like um, people of color and gay people like it's it's literally the concept of lifting while climbing you have to build yourself up and build other people up while doing the whole journey essentially on your own yeah i, I do believe I, I i agree with with chris um the more you grow the more people are afraid of you and that's why i say succeed because it's not just that they are afraid. They are worried about how you're going to become. I mean, I I myself, I, I grew so much. I, I literally took hold of my family. My grandparents passed away three years ago, and everybody was so worried about literally who was going to be the matriarch or the patriarch of the family. I was so close to my grandmother that it had to be me. And I chose the role. Yeah, I took charge. I took, I I took charge of the role. Now being a gay man, I do feel powerful 
You know what I'm saying? E even my brothers, they would get, they'll get drunk and be like, oh, I, you know, maybe if I was gay, I'd be just like you. And I'm just like, <laughs> you don't have to be like me to have a good heart. But you could be better, but it's, it's <laughs> exactly. But the struggle, the the journey that that we allow ourselves to go through is entirely up to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? But that true success is what makes us who we are. It's what makes me a, a powerful person. And I do see myself as a powerful person because I have done things in my family in the course of three years than anybody else has been able to do in the past, I want to say 34 years, because that's where a lot of my grandmother's struggles happened was 30, well, 30, 31 years ago for her, you know, she passed. Go ahead. I will say there is a very, this is static again. If you guys want to follow me right today, it's at static shock. At, what is it? I don't know. Hang on. <laughs> static shock J um, on Twitter. So I think something that's specific to me, speaking about like KP's story and coming out, um, and like standing up being a man is that some things like I growing up re revolved my life around what my family's gonna think, what people are, other people are gonna think of my family because when I'm Middle Eastern from Yemen, like you just have a reputation. It's your family name. Like my parents' lineage goes for years and years and years. Their family name is like known. So if my, if my brothers, I have six siblings, my younger brothers are trying to get married and a family's trying to come up to them and say, hey, we want your son for my daughter. And they see that they have a quote unquote, you know, FAG in the family that's out and doing all this crazy stuff on the internet and people find out about it. They shame my family. They don't want their sons to get married to their daughters. They miss out on opportunities. They don't get people to be their friends anymore. People start distancing themselves. Family members start distancing themselves from my parents because of me. So it's like way bigger um outside the spectrum of like myself and i think that's like the biggest burden that i have on my chest it makes me feel guilty and sometimes what i do is not necessarily what i want but i do it to spare my family's feelings yeah I, and see that's the thing there are people that are going to please but then there are people that are going to just keep going and and just keep yeah. saying no but then that also, rebel, yes, rebel against the whole system. Re I, exactly. I and, and, and uh, what a lot of people like to call that also is breaking a generational curse too, when it comes to that stuff, because that's what I did. I took myself out of the projects. I got myself into a house. I, nobody in my car, nobody in my, in my family had their own car for years, years and years and years. Up until I bought my bought myself, and I'm talking about immediate family, not like you know faraway cousins. I got myself my first car, and that was and 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 mind you, I did I got my my license at 27 years old. I was driving illegally for years. Just gonna let you guys know that right now. But the one I last about 25, so I didn't learn how to drive till I was 25. Yeah, see, because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's 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 everyone's own journey. But the proudest moment that my grandmother had was when I got my license. You know what I'm saying? That was the last moment that she was ever proud of. And like I was saying, I did so much within these last three years that I would never, I mean, even, even younger, I would never have imagined myself even at 31 to be where I am because my family was heading nowhere. Everybody's heading nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only one who's being able to do that, who's cultivating their own positivity, who's manifesting greatness, who's working hard for it and stuff like that. 
So you have to succeed in order for people to kind of see that there is a positive notion in being who you are, because sometimes they're not going to respect you. But when they see that you're powerful, when they see that you can do things that they cannot, when they see that, when your family sees that you can pick up fucking mountains and they and they can't even pick up a rock, they respect you. And even if the respect sometimes comes out at first as hatred, just know you're doing something right. You are doing exactly, something right. I wouldn't be talking about you if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You're damn right. I, I believe it. My name is Mace, uh, if I did not introduce myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've dealt with a lot of issues that Sam had also went through. Like, it's just, when I came out, my family fled. You said flight and, like, fight or flight. They fled. They When I came out, I was in Houston. I left their house, and they basically just bounced to Mexico. That's where they're from. So they're like, you know what? Maybe we fucked up. Maybe we didn't have to come over here to America to like the, because they gave me too many ideas, I guess. And wow. I've always been me. So I, I've always been myself around everybody. And yeah, dealing with that issue, um, I was living by my own. Like I was doing myself. I was living my life, but I miss my family. So I came back to them. And even then, like, it still, like, hurts. Because... Well, it's because of your family, yeah. Exactly. So I can't even, I honestly cannot even, like, comprehend the idea of them literally just leaving the country. Like, I mean, that just feels like, a, I mean, that's obviously like abandonment. Like, And even though you're an adult, like, it's that just blows my mind. I'm so sorry. Even now, like, I was, I was dealing with that kind of issue right now because, um, I was feeling those feelings lately because my I, I just got out of a ninety relationship. I was abused like physically and all that stuff. And wow. when my father like today he told me, you know what? I don't like. I was I'm living at their house right now. So when he's like, hey, um, I don't have a bed to sleep in. Like, uh, can I? I was sleeping in their bed. Like, I don't want you to sleep in my bed. Like sleeping like at the pool house or something like that. And he's like that. That drove me like back to those feelings, you know, when he abandoned me when I was 17, because he said, told me like, you know, if you're gay, I don't want you here. And that like that brought back all those feelings. And I'm like, am I overreacting? Maybe, but it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Of course. And it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But again, you know, and we're, we only have about four minutes left. So we're going to make this, this little wrap up quick. Um, we have to come to the understanding that no matter how much it hurts, we have to let go of things. Some things we want to hold on to, but they do not, they don't do good for us. They don't. And sometimes we know that so well, but because of the comfortable feeling that we already have residing within us, we stay. We're either too stuck to move or too stupid to leave. Right. And that stuck that stuckness is that emotion that we're used to, that we're comfortable with. Sometimes you have to let go of your family. Sometimes you have to let go of jobs, whatever it is that's holding you back from prevailing and and becoming your greater self, you have to let go. And it's like the um I'm sorry, but it's ahead. like the uh, familiar pastor or pasture idea, like how uh, cows will like they'll graze in the same spot. They'll 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 stay in the same spot for so long that they will kill all the grass. They'll eat everything. They'll completely demolish it. 
And I think, you know, it's similar to like the salmon always swims upstream back to where it was born. Like it's, we have this internal feeling that we need to go back to family, that we have to have this connection that is genuinely important. And it, it's scary to choose a found family over your blood family. I mean, it's really scary because it goes against our intuition, like our instincts in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get that. And it is because I did have a found family that I made and I left them just so I could go back to my real family. And I'm like, because your real family is the best. Was it the best like decision I made? Maybe not, but it made me closer to my siblings. I found out more about them that I didn't know about them. And it, it made me closer to my nephews and nieces. Like you have to be part of that, I think. So they get to know you and they can live and like introduce like, they know yeah. that you know i was there yeah no and th- and that's that's all that matters is that you actually went back but the journey from here on out is entirely your own um i do want to thank everybody that took part in this conversation um these conversations are so 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 important to everybody else they need to be heard a lot of people are going through these situations but again thank you so much um we are going to wrap this episode of into the wardrobe up. Thank you guys again. You guys are freaking amazing. I totally think we're killing this. And all these conversations are not scripted. They are in real time from real people with real big, beautiful hearts. And I adore all of you and do not give up on yourselves. Keep striving, keep going because this is your journey. And until you are not on top of the game, whether what anybody says, do not stop. Keep going till you're happy, comfortable, and fucking fabulous. And that's it. Thank you for having us. It was an amazing experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.